You're listening to The Happiness Hub, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network with me, Liz Parkin. And me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved and be happy. So hello, uh, we are back in the studio today on our second podcast of The Happiness Hub. So how are you doing, Liz? How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm thinking I feel absolutely fine, actually. Um, I'm nice and warm now. It's been a bit cold, hasn't it, here mm. in the uh, Redshift studio yes. this morning. And uh, that uh, doesn't play havoc with my brain function. But no, all toasty and warm and, yeah, getting ready for the weekend. I've got lots of jobs I need to do before my down tools tomorrow for my gin. Yeah, I've got uh, lots of things to do. Um, you've always got things to do. And uh, having a gin on hand is um, something that I always look forward to at the weekend. I'm determined to have a weekend of not looking at my computer. I know it won't work, but if I go in with that mindset, I'll do my best. You might achieve more than they <laughs> Not to look at my computer too much over the weekend. What have you been up to this week? So this week, what have I been up to? Well, we had a workshop on Tuesday night, which I'll talk a little bit more about in a moment because mm-hmm. we've got a guest with us today. We have. Yes. And... I'm picking up a, a new car. Well, not a new, new car, but I, I'm downgrading my car. So I'm looking forward to picking up some new wheels today. It's very cute. Everyone's going to know it's you coming in your new car, aren't they? Yeah, they will do, yeah. Are you going to tell them what it is? It's a Fiat 500. What, what's it look like? What <laughs> well, are the colours? It's white and it's got a red stripe down the side of it. And Liz has already said, oh, I think a Redshift logo would look very good attached to that. I'm going to pay you to advertise <laughs> Redshift. You can see a Redshift banner just behind you and we're going to stick that across the bonnet right, and, and along the red stripe. I want to put our, our podcast on it, get a little That's happiness a hub bumper. Yeah. Honk if you're happy. That honk if you're happy yeah. I like that <laughs> in the red flash that goes across it you could put like our email address couldn't you I could, I could or do or our, our website listen to our podcast <laughs> www. <laughs> we've yeah. been doing lots of work on the Redshift website as well this week so the Happiness Hub is now officially uh, out there in mm-hmm. cyberspace it's um, I can't remember the name the the, few, the full URL to get to our, our Happiness Hub podcast but if you go to Redshift online dot org forward slash podcast you will see all of them and then they take you off to the various different podcasts we've got the piston podcast we've got the turbo youth we've got business day we've got well-being in mind we've got helping hands we've got all manner of different podcasts up there so do have a little little nosy mm-hmm. that's a good stuff up there so um this week we have our very first guest with us so i'm going to say hello now so hello mark Hello, Kedron. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you ever so much for joining us today in the studio. Thank you for me, uh, inviting me in. That's great. You're very welcome. So, uh, before we get started, um, I need to ask you, how are you today? How are I'm you feeling? I'm all right. I, I'm a bit windswept and interesting, hopefully. <laughs> um, it's pouring down with rain. Out, out yeah. A um, bit autumnal, a bit wet and windy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not wet and windy. I'm all right. Oh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear, because it's quite confined space yeah. in the studio. <laughs> yeah. We are socially distancing as much as we can, aren't we? We are indeed. We are, we are mm. indeed, yes. Mark, you're one of our Nantwich buddies. Mm. I am. So thank you very much indeed for being a Nantwich so. buddy. Yeah. And tell us a bit about you first, mm. before you tell us about why you're a buddy and what you like about being a buddy. Me? I, I became a volunteer... You know the time when there was a real community spirit during lockdown and we were, on a Thursday evening, I think it was, all um, applauding the NHS on our doorsteps. I live in a block of apartments and um, it was, at the time, the first time I'd seen some of my neighbours. And 
uh, first of all, it got me uh, playing the guitar again. So I thought, right, go out and play the guitar and have a sing song. And it was kind of a, a real celebration and a real neighborhood community happening af- out of this, uh, this horrible thing. But then I decided that I wanted to do more than that. That actually, you know, clapping the NHS really isn't something that's, you know, I'm not saying it was meaningless, but it was kind of not practical. Mm-hmm. And so I looked into it and applied through the proper channels and became a, a volunteer for the NHS. Um, and so for weeks and weeks, I went along to Leighton Hospital and um clean load miles and miles and miles of corridors mm-hmm. um and something something struck me at that time which was that those uh, uh, the real cold face you know surgeons consultants doctors nurses um were all you know found the time to to stop and uh, and say thanks for what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, and so i realized that Actually, this was good for me as well as, mm. you know, it wasn't completely an altruistic thing to do. Mm. I helped the NHS, which we all know was under great pressure. Um, and so I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm getting something from this as well. And I remember um, each time I, I, I did a shift at the hospital, came home feeling really good about myself. Mm-hmm. So I, when I heard about the bodies, I thought, well, I've got time to do more of this. And, and also, uh, happily, um, I'd moved back to Nantwich, which is my birth town, about three years ago. Um, and it was, it was something that would facilitate, you know, my knowledge or, or, or newfound knowledge of the town I grew up in. And, uh, and meet people who were like-minded or, or not so like-minded, you know, and meet new people who were, you know, from all walks, but, but with this common interest of, of doing something positive for mm. people. Um, and so I've, I, I think I've got around six or seven, um, what do we call them? Do we call them clients? Well, we call yeah. them clients for want of a better word. We're known as the buddies, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. People um, need support. <laughs> yeah, clients, yeah. yeah. So I've done things like uh, doing shopping for people and picking up medication for those in isolation or mm-hmm. um, people who can't get about or people who were nervous about about um, going out and about in the town. And um, so, yeah, and, and you know, to, to, to arrive on someone's doorstep with a bag of shopping from Marks and Sparks or somewhere, you know, they and their face, uh, see their face light up um, because probably I was the only person they'd seen from yeah, one week to absolutely. the next, was amazing. And, and I swear I've never once accepted, but the, there have been people who have said, you know, what can I give you? What can I give you for doing this? Mm. You know, I did a medication run, which was a round trip of about 35 miles. And the, the, the old gentleman was just such a lovely person who, you know, he wanted to give me a, a tenner, mm. you know, for my trouble. And I say, it, it's not a trouble. It's genuinely yeah, a pleasure to yeah. do this. And it, but again, it, it made me feel really, really good about myself mm. um to, to be able to help someone um so yeah i i've six or seven i think clients who you know variously it will be um delivering medication or shopping mm-hmm. um and some of them i have to say that there's a there's a guy um i think he's in his 80s who lives quite near to me who um he kind of wants to be a friend 
uh, and I want to be his friend mm. as well. And and so that's a kind of happy kind of um, result from all yeah, of this, yeah, sure. uh, which fulfills you know some of my not only my obligations to to the bodies, but also my uh, intentions, which were to you know integrate. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a, around this time when integration was was something we were mm. not really supposed to be doing yeah yeah it's uh, interesting that you say that about the you becoming friends and Kedrin and I are always saying to, to you buddies can you make sure you send us a message on whatsapp if you've done something for somebody if you've been to their house you've done their shopping but what I'm finding more and more as time goes on is the buddies aren't even seeing it as they're doing their duty to the Nantwich buddies they are they have become friends so yeah. I know when we don't get messages from some of these people it's because they've made friends with these people they don't feel they need to tell us yeah. that they're doing something they are just doing it as part of their life and that's going to carry on forever yeah. covid or no covid and I think that's a lovely kind of legacy from from the buddies and from what we've set up definitely. it really is it, it feels less like being charitable but more like you know doing favors for, for mates so because yeah. that's what makes the world turn around yeah. in, in my view is you know if, if you're mates with someone you do them something they they yeah, do. yeah, yeah. There's, there's no contract either no, written exactly. or, or spoken it, it's just a, a thing that happens yeah i must share with you the story of one of our buddies she messaged me and she said oh i must tell you i i have accepted a gift from one of my people I look after and this lady she did all the shopping and she gave her her shopping list and she said right there's 20 pounds there can you please just go and buy loads and loads of flowers it's for my friend down the road whatever whoever it was for loads of flowers what do you want well I don't mind whatever you like I don't mind just just get a few bunches oh, okay so she comes back with all this shopping and all these flowers handed everything over and then the lady handed them back to her and, and she said <laughs> Stacey said uh do you want me to go and deliver them now she says yes I've just delivered them and she looks they're for you because she, she wouldn't oh, take amazing. any money whatsoever but wow. she she literally mm. forced her to go oh, and nice. buy some flowers supposedly for somebody else but oh. they were given to Stacey that, that's so. a good good way of Isn't getting somebody lovely? to buy something yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. do you know what I did uh, I'm going a little off piece here but I did that in a shop once with uh, there was a girl be behind the counter who I fancied um <laughs> And, uh, uh -oh. it was, it's not like the Lynx advert, is it? Uh, well, I don't know, really. No, the I Impulse seen it, advert. But, it's Impulse, but, wasn't it, years ago? <laughs> I bought this very expensive box of chocolates and she, she wrapped them up and, and presented them to me and I presented them back. Oh, and, and so very they're, smooth. They're, they're, yeah, very um, smooth. It did me no good whatsoever. Oh, uh, yeah. Apart, well, you know, uh, it made me 20 quid lighter. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was lots of things that you talked there, though, about uh, your time with the buddies and volunteering yeah. and I know that, um, this isn't the reason that we asked you in because there's lots of questions and things we want to talk to you about but the whole volunteering process because that is one of the five ways to wellness is giving yeah. is, is a way of helping of your mental health helping somebody else gives you that satisfaction or contentment and connection as well with another person which is great yeah. for both you and the recipient it's yes that's something that works really well for people yeah. yeah this this summer if i view um the lockdown actually, in, in years to come and look back on it, I, I'm one of the people perhaps who might say, you know, I had a good lockdown. Yeah. Uh, which it kind of feels weird, you well, know. Well, do you know what? I've been banging about this for quite a while now because I'm getting a little bit frustrated with people going, oh, it's the worst year, It's a, let's rock on next year, da 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 And I know people have had trouble. I know there's been all sorts yeah. of things. We, we all lots of, lots of stuff's gone on. But a lot of the people around me that are volunteering, that are supporting others, that are stepping outside of their own little world and their own little box of problems, they're the ones that are dealing with it better. 
we are managing we are enjoying the different things that we're doing you know and I just think that is such an important message to give people you know don't it's not all about you at the end of the day no we need to do this together that's you know that was one of the strap lines that we're using we'll get through this together very much so yeah yeah Yeah, I mean like I said earlier about the 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 moment when we were all outside our houses clapping and, and things you know and I know that I wasn't the only one who took to to you know play music through it um you know that that kind of stopped or or fizzled out and um you know in in some ways that was understandable but but i i just hope that it doesn't fizzle out completely and we lose that community spirit Mm. because actually if i can get political during the 80s the community spirit was we were told that that doesn't exist and um you know there's it's it's been such a everyone's been kind of much more selfish and yet during this time you know we were we were encouraged to get through it yes get through it together and we can so you know i hesitate to call it like the the blitz spirit or Mm. anything like that but it 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 was something the likes of which none of us um had ever lived through before Mm. Mm -hmm. probably the closest to to a a world war yeah yeah it is after all a pandemic so everyone's affected in some way yeah it was nice also to see how people celebrated VE Day because that's something that, yeah. but not everybody will embrace it. Not everybody puts that at the forefront of their mind. And it's, so to see people taking the opportunity to turn it into a bit of a street party and to yeah. get their neighbours together again, and that was that was nice to see. Yeah, definitely. that felt to me a bit like <coughs> Jubilee Day. Yeah. In, was it 76, 77? Yeah, yeah. 77. Um, yeah, street parties. Mm. And, you know, uh, uh, and it's something for us to embrace and, and cling on to. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, there is going to be a legacy of, of lockdown, mm. obviously, and it might have a legacy on mental health, mm. which is what we're going to talk about. But, it, um, you know, there is a positive that we can all latch on to and, and not let go, I Definitely. think. Date for your diary uh, for the next time you need to be out on your doorstep, 6pm on Christmas Eve with your bells to all help right. Santa. Or your guitar. Okay. Or your guitar, <laughs> yes, to help yeah, Santa right. on his way. So okay, fair enough. We'll yeah, all be I'm, doing that in Nantwich and Renbury and uh, hopefully across the whole world. I, I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Happens to be uh, my birthday as well. Oh, does it? So, you know, extra bells. Oh. No, I'm lying. My birthday is the day before, but I like to think I'm a Christmas baby. Let's find out a bit more about the Mark Bickerton who came back to Nantwich three years ago. When did you leave Nantwich? When? When? Oh, um, it was when I... um, got divorced the first time around um, <laughs> um, that's a different story I think. <laughs> it, it, it is yeah you were gonna um, have a whole series I'd, of podcasts with mark <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, how long have you got so um about 20 years ago 20 22 or 23 years ago um i was working in, uh, on coronation streets and i my marriage ended and and i moved to, to manchester Lived in Manchester on and off for 10, 15 years and, and elsewhere as well. London, Manchester, Liverpool, um, Africa, France, you know. Uh, so I did lots of travel through my career. and, and um, But my main, my second home really is Manchester. I love Manchester. And um, so I lived there a long time in various apartments um, and went through my second youth and uh and then my third youth, um, <laughs> and my second wife, uh, and then my third. <laughs> There's definitely um, a series in this, Mark. Definitely. Um, and and but when um, I, I left TV about 
four years ago. I became freelance mm-hmm. and uh, I was still working for ITV on a freelance basis. And there was something that all of my life, because of the, the, the real gypsy in my soul, uh, that I wanted to do, which was to uh, travel around the UK in a camper van. Okay. And I'm a man of extremes, right? If I smoke, I smoke like a chimney. If I drink, I hit it really hard. If I go to the gym, I'm there every day. Mm. Um, if, uh, if I rule out any of those things, then it really is a ruling out. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so I'd always had this ambition. Uh, it was ki- kind of, in a way, go back to my roots and, and be um, a gypsy. Um, and so I bought this cronky old... Um, camper van a Renault traffic it's about 25,000 years old and and it and I lived in it for 12 months and I drove <laughs> around the UK um, and I wanted to write about it it actually forms the, the basis of my second book mm-hmm. which hopefully I'll be able to plug <laughs> and on um, and uh, I I'd go around and uh, for example you know uh, in the North York um, villages park up and uh, in some lay-by and, uh, and the next day go into a bar or, or a cafe or something and look for the person who looks looked most interesting and get their story. And, and I was kind of, sometimes I was a little bit um, clandestine about it, but most of the time I found myself saying, being deliberate and saying, this is what I'm doing. This is my project. And there was one guy, a, a Hell's Angel in Leeds, who um, was, you know, he talked about biting the head off chickens and, and things like that, you know, and he driving a Harley Davidson. And, 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 and uh, he told me his story, and he had a really tragic story, which I won't give away because it is in the book. Um, and he, he ended up crying. Mm. He ended up crying. And kind of when when I when I approached him I thought this is a risk. You know, he could he could whack me whack on the nose. Yeah. Bite your head off. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um and you know, we ended up buying each other pints um and talking just about life, you know, chewing the fat and, and he was just a lovely bloke. Were you taking who, notes? Uh, never took notes. Right. I never took notes. Um, I, I, I always felt that that would make it a little bit yeah. too formal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted it to be conversational because mm. that's my style of writing anyway. Mm. Um, and I was blogging at the time. So it was all kind of quite um, conversational, mm. demotic. And um, yeah, and he finished up crying, you know, having unburdened himself. And perhaps, I don't know, telling that story for the first time mm. ever. Um, I never asked him if it was, but mm. he, he, um, yeah, and and then I, you know, I made no secret of the fact that I was going to write this up, and I did change names, um, and so I wrote this blog, and um, people I knew and people I didn't know were were writing in via email and saying, you know, this is just a winner, this is great, you know, because mm. there was loads of comedy in it. Funny things happened, funny things. I was attacked twice and, and, you know, and things like that that were quite profound happened, uh, but also joyous things as mm. well. And some of the characters, you know, um, just great, just great. And I had, this was 2017. It was quite a nice summer and, and some of the... Um, Places I stayed in was just beautiful that I'd never been to before, um, and just exploring them mm. and exploring the people, 
and then then writing it. So I'm now turning it into into a novel um, um, to follow up from Coco Yard and and uh, enjoying it immensely because I'm revisiting. You know those happy memories. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this—that was this a very long answer to a, a short question, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a very good answer, though, wasn't it, Liz? I quite like the sound of that. I like it. Yeah. yeah. But this is the reason that we've asked you to come on because about that creative process that you've said that you've enjoyed and recapping on the experiences that you've had because the creative process and we've had conversations before about is uh great for people's mental health and there's lots of benefits from it and so we wanted yeah. to ask you to to come in and, and talk about how you found that creative process and and share some of your thoughts and feelings around it yeah um I, firstly i feel very strongly that 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 writing helped me mm-hmm. very much i mean i've been a writer all of you know, uh, since I was 25 years old. But I had, um, I won't go into detail on this because it's, it's called the Happiness Hub, but I, I had a really bad uh, episode of depression um, two years ago. It led to um, uh, an epiphany for me where I um, decided that I'd still got lots of things to say and... Um, you know, sit down. Um, I, made, I made a suicide attempt and, and it failed. And um, it was it was just horrible, just horrible. But um, I'd written all of these suicide notes and when the suicide attempt failed and I, I um, had a slice of serendipity whereby uh, my son phoned me and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of that saved me and... and I kind of had this realization that it was going to be a completely, complete and utter mistake to have done what I planned to do, and I'd painstakingly written these suicide notes. And you know, we've talked about aggression yeah. of, of, of uh, an aggressive act, which and I burned the suicide notes, and it was a kind of finality to it mm-hmm. and an, an aggressive act. But that led to not a destructive thing, but a a, a, a constructive thing where. Um, I must write about this. Um, I must write about this and share it. And I, I did blog it. I blogged it. And, you know, people were saying to me that, you know, it really helped them um, because yeah. it was a very honest and frank um, description and very detailed. And um, uh, and they they wrote in saying it really helped them and it's really honest and it's refreshing to hear someone talk about it because there is still a stigma yes definitely there is and 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 it's seen as emasculating for for a fella um and it's seen as selfish and 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 i recognize all of that but i i recognize also in me uh, an ability to laugh about it and so that story which i wrote which is in a, a collection of stories called day return to coco yard which was recently published um and available in all good stockists. There's your plug. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's in there, and it's called Orange Dog because my depression is orange. It's a bit like looking through a, a quality street wrapper. Mm. You know, when you unwrap it and you've got this like lens and looking through, and it becomes orange. Um, and I've I, I've spoken about this to lots and lots of people, um, and I've not yet. I, I, I've I've spoken to people who say that it's all grey and dark, and yeah. mine is this orange, and um, I have a, a kind of an aversion to that colour somehow. 
um, which which like smells or like music can 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 trigger invoke these yeah. memories and and um, but but I am over it and writing about it was one way of overcoming it um, and that that story is is very dear to me because. When I uh, became positive and, and had the epiphany I spoke of, I thought, sit down now and write that book you always wanted to write. And it was a, a real freedom. It was, it was, you know, epiphany is the best word for it because it was like all of these lights coming on at once and music playing. Um, and, um, you know, the creative process of that, of sitting down and, and and spilling out all of these thoughts with no particular narrative in my my mind, just mm-hmm. to get it down and 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 form a book. However, that story in particular, Orange Dog, became you know in, in writing it, the process was was me breaking all of the rules that I'd learned over thirty years in the business of uh, the box of tricks that I was given in in my training and and my mentorship. Um, you know, this is how you write a, a short story. It I sounds was, very liberating. Yeah, <laughs> I, ju- I just chucked it all out of the window. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just get this down. A stream, you know, and, and um, rather like a blog. And then afterwards, you know, I thought that there, is, there, are, that there are legs in this. So I wrote the stories that were, you know, flowing around my head for years. And... What happened is that that, that that story, Orange Dog, kind of became a more traditional beginning, middle and end uh, story. Um, But it kind of dictated the rest of the book uh, and the structure of it. Uh, And I didn't know at the time. Mm -hmm. It It was a creative process that was happening to this piece of work that I didn't realize was happening to it. And when I finished it, and, and I was then instilled with further confidence because someone agreed to publish it, it was lovely, you know, that's a lifetime ambition. But in reading back through it, the, the, there are 16 stories in the book, um, stor- short stories and novellas. I realised afterwards that there is a narrative there, even though the stories are not... Um, they're disparate stories. There is a connection, there's a thematic link going on in, through the stories that aren't visible um, necessarily immediately. But, you know, um, close friends of mine and loved ones who have now read the book say to me that each of the stories touches on something. It's a story of my life. So while I, I didn't set out to write anything autobiographical, there was this thematic link and it tells a story of through through different characters all of whom uh, i've met somewhere in my life through my childhood through to adulthood and going um, through uh, marriage and love breakups heartbreaks and all everything that we all have in our mm. lives and um through to working in tv and beyond that um but the most salient thing that i want to get get across in in the book is that it ends with hope and the the the, the final story in the book is called baiser au pays de mille collines which is french for land uh, kiss in the land of the thousand hills which is based on my experience in rwanda ends with real hope and it's about a character whose parents were 
murdered in the genocide and she was then left at the age a very young age to look after mother her siblings um and yet she never once through all the time i knew her and, and myself it's that that story is autobiographical um but i voiced it i've given it to another character uh, called Marcus, <laughs> close. Um, uh, he Not never Jesus. once saw her throw her hands <laughs> up in the air in despair. Mm. Uh, woe is me, this is what happened to me. She had this beautiful, beautiful Rwandese smile. Um, she was a beautiful girl uh, and she was full of hope. All she wanted, because um, in the workshop the other night, you know, I talked about what characters want and why they mm. can't have it. All she wanted really was to to get her siblings into education, mm. get them to learn French and English, uh, get them to maybe work in technology or teaching. or And that, that's all she wanted, just to see her siblings live a happier life than the one she'd had. And it was so simplistic in a way, but so profound, that someone who had gone through, you know, something a million times worse than what we're going through now with mm. the coronavirus pandemic. You know, to see your parents slain like that, mm. uh, and yet to, to still be living with that smile. It's like the, the sun coming out every time you see it. And so that, that story ends the book with the realisation for the narrator that, that whatever we're, we're going through, if we have each other, you know, mm. we can get through it. Mm. And that was similarly what happened to me when I had my epiphany, that I realised who was my friend, you know, how many friends I had. And I, I, I recognised all of the, the positivity and beauty in, in, that was all around me that I'd, that I'd forgotten about. Mm -hmm. It's hard sometimes, isn't it, if, if you're in that sort of state, to think about those positive things and take that moment to take a step back and think about all the things that you are grateful for. Um, it really is. And, and it's, it's a dichotomy. It's full of contradictions. My life, I'm, a, I'm a naturally cheerful person. I, I grew up in a, a, a seven-strong household, mum, dad, five sons. And, you know, in those days, I'm talking about perhaps the late 60s, 70s, everyone smoked, and I remember smoke-filled rooms and Morecambe and Wise on the telly and, and you know, laughter and uh, Christmases were, were fantastic, you know? Uh, and yet, even then, even then, I, I knew there was something something special about me and i say special uh, and i mean that because it it there was something there was an unhappiness in there mm. which in those days no one talked about depression i'd never it wasn't invented yeah, you know yeah. and and, uh, and and so it was only in later life through different episodes that i realized i'd i'd lived with this all of my life mm. but just picking up on that the the contradiction i would like to talk about is the, is this 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 anecdote that's going to be in the second book, which really did happen to me, and it was after my return to Nantwich. I was uh, sitting in Nantwich Library one day, just writing, or doing the crossword in The Guardian or whatever. Um, and at the other side of the room, there was a toddler's group going on. 
and uh, whoever was running it was singing all these songs that I remembered from my childhood, you know, The Wheels on the Bus. Uh, that song features in Cocoa Yard, by the way. <laughs> uh, the one that I mentioned was available in all stockings. Uh, so Sorry, you're paying us a five every time yeah, you mention no, it. Yeah, I'm clocking these up. <laughs> yeah. That's 10 um, so far, Liz. It's <laughs> horrendous prostitution of myself. <laughs> um, so The Wheels on the Bus are, and um, If You're Happy and You Know It. And that song, if you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it, that was going on. And at the same time, two gentlemen just to my left were having this hushed tones conversation, exchanging greetings, how you doing, all this. And one of them said to the other, I'm not so good. Um, Last week I lost my nephew, he committed suicide, he took his own life. And this conversation was happening. I thought, wow. Mm. And just that juxtaposition and... Um, you know, this happy song and these little toddlers with the, the, their whole life in front of them, you know, um, alongside this this very profound and deeply um, upsetting conversation was being had. And it, it struck me. I, I went away and blogged about it, actually. I'm in the process of, you know, um, turning that into something with a, a longer narrative to it in the second book. It was just a kind of um, my life in a nutshell, almost. That contradiction, that happiness, mm. if you're happy and you know it, because generally I am. And yet at the same time, there was, there's this, mm. there's this thing. And um, yeah, it, it encapsulated it for me in a very profound way. And I'll never forget that. I almost felt that I I knew those two gents and that I knew the poor young man um, who had taken his life. And I kind of wished I could have helped. And I kind of, in a way, this is going to sound a little bit kind of pretentious, but but volunteering is a, is kind of a way of doing that. Mm. It's a way of... of I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know what what kind of problems our clients really have, you mm. know, in their mm. private lives. Mm. But it's kind of giving something, some, some, you know, it's it's very easy to, to say doing good. I don't, I don't, it's, that's, that is a simplistic phrase, doing good for people. Um, which is, when I worked in Africa, for example, it was, it was sustainable. I was actually doing, you know, making a, 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 the first ever soap opera that was going to be sustainable, that was going to address lots and lots of issues that African people live through, you know, the disease and, the, you know, the poverty, etc. And um, so, uh, which is much more than putting 5p in an envelope and having someone coming around to collect it mm. because you don't know where that 5p is going. You know, could could be going anywhere. Mm. Whereas going to someone's house with a bag of shopping Mm -hmm. or some medication, Mm. you know that that's going to be eaten, and you know that the meds are going to, you know, are vital for them. Uh, And so it's a much more kind of sustainable and real thing. um, And you can see the results of that as well. Like you said, when you drop that shopping off for that person, you could see from the smile on their face that you'd helped them and that they were grateful for it. Yeah, exactly. And then 
if then a further friendship develops from that, mm. then uh, it's just something that can last forever, not not just a five minute um, gesture, mm. you know. Speaking of lasting forever, I think we're going to have to have you in for a whole series because well, yeah. we're up to 38 minutes now. Of, oh my uh, God, I'm sorry. No, no, Mark, apologize Mark Bickerton part one. <laughs> but the thing but is... It's been lovely. Yeah. I think it's fascinating listening to you. I could listen to you all day. There's lots of little things that you yeah, said definitely. in all of that narrative yeah. that I would like to pull out and do a separate podcast on, you know, the whole... And thank you for sharing with us about your you're mental welcome. health because you're absolutely right. There is still a massive stigma about it. Yeah. People are starting to, but as you said about being male as well, is another barrier to make yeah. those conversations happening. This is really the reason we got you on a podcast because we want to talk to people that have experienced things because like you said when you blogged about it and people are reading it they've said it was great to hear that somebody else you know when you're not on your own when you're not sat there thinking I, nobody else in the world can feel like this nobody else in the world is thinking the things that I'm thinking yeah. like taking your own life it's yeah. more common than you may actually think it really is um really is. so sharing those kind of things can really help those go on but you know that whole process about burning things as well yeah. and writing things and getting those emotions and thoughts out yeah. somehow because we bottle them up we do we do uh, and i still do um at mm. times i think we um, all i think a lot of us do yeah, yeah. I, i'm learning more about being open about it i'll tell you one thing which was that that just fills me with absolute joy there is a close friend of mine who talked about one of his friends who followed my blog and he said that he, he used to laugh and cry uh, and you know he he was uh, you know read it every day um and he said i saved his life Mm-hmm. I've never That's met the young thing. man who, who has issues, you know, clearly. But um, my friend said I saved his life with that blog. Mm. Uh, if I never meet him, just to know, yeah, just exactly. to be told that, mm. you know, it's it's probably like, you know, being a rock star and, and, and playing to, to 100,000 people mm-hmm. at mm. Wembley. Mm. It's that kind of fulfilment that what you're doing, you know, is read and appreciated by somebody and has an effect. Mm-hmm. And again, that's going back to that creative process because you will hear people say like that album, that that song, it really spoke to me and it helped me save my life. That book that I read, that poem, that film, you know, all those creative things that people put out there that, as you very well demonstrated, is an expression of yourself in some way. Absolutely. We'll we'll connect with X amount of people. You don't know how many people it will reach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. But it's, uh, it's been a pleasure sharing it with you. I do think it's important to do that. Mm-hmm. If anything I've said, you know, strikes a chord, you know, then great. Yeah. We're going to finish with two things. First of all, uh, you're going to tell us about your book and just one last plug of, <laughs> of the first book and the second book and where oh, we yeah. can get them. And then Keds and I are going to come on to our homework for ourselves. That means all three of us in this room oh, okay. and our listeners as well. So okay. over to you, first of all, Mark, tell us about your book. Okay, yeah, the book's um, a collection of um, 16 short stories and novellas and it really is a a cocktail of of sadness, happiness, laughs, Um, there's an awful lot of truth in there and it's kind of, it's not my life life story, I didn't intend it to be an autobiographical piece but it, it means a lot to me. The narrative really is about from despair, from the heartbreak of 
um, everything that, that we all live through, you know, all of the emotions, but really ending with, with hope. And that was done deliberately. That was the one thing that I really wanted to, to write the book and end with this, this message of hope. Um, with one of my favourite stories in the book, which was based on my experiences in Rwanda. It's called A Day Return to Coco Yard, um, and it's published by Austin McCauley. It's available in WH Smith's, Waterstones, uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, I've, I've bought a copy and I'm, I've got the Kindle oh, edition. Thank you, very so, yeah, much. <laughs> thank you very much. Have you got a copy, Liz? No, not yet. <laughs> oh, It'd make a good Christmas present, wouldn't it, Mark? It, do you know what? Yeah. That's an absolutely great <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, not, I'm rubbish at reading. I'm terrible. <laughs> oh, Mark, you need to do an audio book. We can do it for <laughs> you uh, here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I'm, I'm going to do a, um, a talk at the Nantwich Bookshop. Okay. Where it's also available. <laughs> good, I was um, going to say. I wanted to make sure it was available yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the COVID thing has, has rather delayed it. But uh, what I'm going to do at that is um, I've actually learned one of the stories is called Bedfellows. And it's about, well, I don't want to give it away, actually, but it's about people who live on a barge. And it's, it's one of my favourites in the book. And I've learned it. Um, so I'm going to perform oh, uh, that okay. story as if I were the narrator. Oh, great. Um, and that's part of my kind of talk. Um, When's that, Mark? Know. When are you doing that? Well, it's, it was supposed to be today, in fact, tonight. But it's been put back a month so far, pending further um, restrictions. Mm, restrictions. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to go to that, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah please out. do. Please. I don't know how much the tickets are going to be, but, you know. Meets rates. So, yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can do a bit of negotiating. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's at the bookshop, then you normally get a bit of Denise's fabulous uh, nosh thrown in oh. as well. Oh, so yeah, good. it's a great yeah. place, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so it's called A Day Return to Coco Yard. <laughs> and, uh, some of the stories are based in or uh, are set in or based on Nantwich, but not exclusively. No. Homework. Right, what's our homework, Liz? What are we... I need to do. We're going to give our listeners and ourselves a bit of homework, aren't we? And we were talking about this a bit earlier on. And in, yeah. in honour of Mark and his creative writing, we have decided that our homework for this week is to do exactly what you did in that very dark time where you wrote down your concerns, your worries, your it for you. It was those, those notes that you were leaving your loved ones. Yeah. And so we want you to write down whatever it is that's troubling you. And we want you to just destroy it, don't we? We want okay. you to yeah. get rid of it, whatever it is. That might just be a few words. It might just be, I'm annoyed because I've lost a £10 note. Or it might be something really profound and deep and meaningful. It might be a long-term argument you've had with somebody or uh, somebody that you've not spoken to for a long time and you want to leave a message for them, but you don't need to send it. We just want you to write down your whatever your whatever troubles you are, to say whatever them, you yeah. want to mm -hmm. say at this point in time. And Mark right. actually brought a, a good note up there because we did an exercise uh, around that when I was training to be a counsellor. And they said, when it comes to journaling and what Mark uh, alluded to as well is don't edit yourself. Don't, yeah. you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Censor yourself. Just okay. let whatever's coming to your head and mm. don't think, oh, I can't write that because no one's going to see it. 
Yeah. It's whatever is going on in your head. Just get it down. Don't censor itself. Let it flow. There's something called the flow. Just letting it mm. flow, and then you do whatever yeah. you want with it. Whether you're writing a letter to somebody that you really knocked off with, so get all all it out and then destroy it. Yeah. Sometimes I do that with crosswords. I'm a crossword nut. I actually compile them and, and solve them. And I, um, if I can't solve one, I'll just fill in the squares. Nobody marks it. <laughs> no, nobody's ever going to know. I used to do that when I was a kid, thinking I was really clever. Oh, yes. It's like playing teachers and schools. Maybe that's something you could do then, uh, making yourself feel a bit cleverer. And I've done yeah. the Guardian crossword. Yeah. yeah, and then destroy it anyway. So no, Nobody nobody's needs any to know. the wiser. <laughs> I was going to also add, if you can't bring yourself to completely dispose of said piece of writing, put it away, lock it away, and then maybe when you come back to it in perhaps years to come and you read it and you realise that that's been dealt with, it's been finished, it's been forgotten about, it's become a from a big, big problem here, it's now a tiny little element page of your life um so i think i could say yeah, i've done that over the over the years and i've kept some of the, the letters that i've written and yes i have destroyed some but interestingly rel- relatively recently in the old lockdown clearing out the house i've also read back over a few of the letters that i've written and not oh, destroyed and right. they were quite yeah eye-opening as well and making me realize you know how i've come on from that mm, yeah yeah, that yeah. Point. Them into so, a book could do couldn't i yeah well <laughs> I can't make time to read a book. I certainly can't make time to write a book. <laughs> I got your fingers in too many pies, Liz. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So there we go. Thank you very, very much. Oh, Jasper's just come to life. Oh, Jasper is under my chair. Walk, he, he wants a little walk, yes. Yeah, but thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. I really very enjoyed um, today's welcome. session. We need, we need to do um, a sequel, I think. Definitely. And your next right, book then. comes out, we'll invite you back on. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's <laughs> pressure. It won't be done for a while yet. <laughs> Never mind that. I want to find out all about your uh, your writing for all these soaps as well. I'm going to have to have you back in to oh, find yeah. out all your stories there. Yeah. And also, thank you very, very much indeed for being a buddy. Mm. We really appreciate You're your welcome. time you've it's given. It's a pleasure. There. It really is a pleasure. So next week, we have got another author. We are going from one end of the age spectrum to the other. Our author isn't a child, but she writes for children. So she has released a book for children to help with their mental health. So we'll be meeting Sarah Hudson mm, next really week, another local author from Nantwich. And we should also, in two weeks' time, have a, hopefully have a nutritionist on. Oh, now that's something that I'm really interested in, about like eating for your mental health. Yeah. Because definitely. we have such an emotional connection, most of us, with food. So it's thinking about how you can look for things that's going to still bring you joy and still enjoy but be good for your mental and your physical health it's as well. a real problem if if people's mental health is affected by poverty they can't afford to eat well either mm. which is a real problem mm. yeah that's a that's another podcast in itself indeed okay thank you very much indeed mark thank You're you welcome. keds that's all from us <laughs> folks thank you very much indeed for tuning into the happiness hub You're listening to The Happiness Hub, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network with me, Liz Parkin. And me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved and be happy.